BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Happy Friday, Freckled Foodie family. I hope you are having a wonderful day. I am really excited to share this episode with my dear friend, Lauren Watley. Um, I'm like so out of breath from literally doing nothing. But basically, I asked you guys, like, do you want more behind the scenes, look, personal conversations with people in my life? Or do you want more episodes with people you know? A lot of people said they want to mix, but I was shocked that majority of people were like, honestly, I really love the episodes of people in your life. So here we go. Lo, well, that's what we call her, but Lauren, sorry. Lo, I'm just going to go with Lo. Lo is one of my very good friends who I have met in the quote unquote real world. And this episode is kind of like a behind the scenes, I guess, look at a conversation talking all about friendship and specifically like creating friendships and fostering them, especially as you get older. I think it's something that a lot of people have asked me about, like, how do I make friends as an adult? And I'm like, guys, I don't have the fucking answers. And I think Lo is someone who's really good at that. And that's why I wanted to bring her on to share more of like how she has gone about that. But also, I just think she's such a fucking incredible friend. And I really admire that about her and try to learn from and mimic her behavior in ways because she makes people feel seen and loved and acknowledged. And I think that's something that we all should do more of. So we dive a lot into our friendship, friendships in general. And then we obviously talk about her newest venture. She is the co-founder of The Good Glow, which is an incredible apple cider vinegar product. I mean, they are going to have more products, but right now their first product is an apple cider vinegar shot. We dive into all of that and why she wanted to create the company, what its mission is, what the potential future holds, all of that. All the information is in the show notes. I did not mention in the beginning, but her personal account is LV Watley on Instagram. If you guys want to give her a follow, she has like the best aesthetic ever. And I'm like, do you want to run freckled foodie bitch? Um, anyway, everything's in the show notes. I hope you guys enjoy this episode. And as always, subscribe, rate, review, share in your story, hit me up, let me know your thoughts. Welcome, Lo. I'm happy to have you. So happy to be here. I wish this was in person so fucking badly. I was thinking about how long I'll go during COVID times of like not seeing certain people. And we saw each other that one time when you were in New York. And you were discovering that you were pregnant. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot about that. Um, But that was like 20 minutes. And I feel like we're sadly going to go on a year and that breaks my heart other than that one 20 minute. I know when you asked me to be on the podcast, I was obviously so excited, but I was also like, oh, wish we could do this in person because it would be so fun to do it like, you know, with a cocktail if you weren't pregnant or ice cream, whatever. But Um, well, you know, my ice cream girl, (laughs) but we will make do. So Obviously, I gave people context of who you are before this episode, but I do want to also say that like something I want to get into in this conversation is friendship and all that. And Lo is in – I feel like it's very confusing when I talk about my groups of friends because I say like 
people from home and then people from college and then I'm friends with some like people I've met through social media. But I never know like our group is my like real world, quote unquote, which is so hard for me to say with my speech impediment group. Yep. And now you guys have all officially been on the show. Oh, I love that. That's really so amazing. <laughs> incredible. So listeners, go give give it all a listen. Emily Bina, Ashley LaFond, and Julia Pallier. Everyone's been on and low. And now you'll just complete the friend group and everyone is really going to get an inside look. I love it. Yeah. And I also, I just want to say, I don't think I've missed an episode of your podcast maybe <laughs> since the first one. So I'm incredibly honored to be a guest this time around. So that honestly goes into what I want to talk about because I think you're like the best friend anyone could have. Like I really truly believe that and I know I wrote you that like long text one day about it randomly. <laughs> but the fact that you actively listen to every single show, you like and you don't just passively listen like how I honestly passively listen to my show and other people sometimes. You literally send me like text engaged conversations of like, I really enjoyed this aspect. I found this so interesting. Like you truly deeply care. And I think it's so admirable as someone to do as a friend, but as like, oh, okay. Remember how I told you Charlie was going to bark? And Coconut just perked her head up. So she hears. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. That was annoying. But as the person who's on the receiving end of it, it's like the most loving and comforting emotion. And also just like, I feel, I know you really care, but it just is like this extra step that I don't expect people to take that really means the world to me. Well, that's really sweet of you to say. It's funny. I was actually just talking to Ben, um, my husband, for your listeners, about life accomplishments that we're proud of, kind of, you know, rounding out the new year and whatnot. And I I actually think I one of my greatest accomplishments that I'm most proud of is my friendships. I feel like I just have fostered these amazing friendships with amazing people who genuinely are there for one another. And I think especially with women, I mean, there is already so much stacked up against us. I just have zero time for women who try to bring one another down. And I'm just so proud of my friendships. I, everyone is so excited for one another's um, successes. And that just makes me, I don't know, super inspired and encouraged. So I think, yeah, it's something I've been thinking about a lot recently too. You're so spot on and it's something you should be really proud of. And so for me, I guess we can like provide context because I think our relationship is an interesting story that I don't think you would ever have this perspective, but from my perspective really aligns with what you just said because you were in a group of friends like you, Ashley, Emily, and Julia. And I was like a late addition when I met you all. But in the beginning, like it just so happened that every time I would spend time, well, like I was close with Emily and then Emily kind of brought me in. And in the beginning, it just so happened that like every time I would do something with them, like our, our schedules, you and yeah, I just like I never that. aligned. I remember the elective Tammy that everyone was talking about. And I also knew who you were because of mutual friends from Princeton. Um, right. And so you were this like elusive being for me. <laughs> <laughs> so like our schedules never aligned. And also Lo went to Princeton. Like she, I just want to clarify. It was like we're from the same hometown and you get the right. cool claim. Like you went to the university. I'm just a townie. Yeah. But we like our schedules in a weird way never aligned. And so I was spending time with like the three of them and I obviously knew who you were. And I come from a place of like, I think m most females unfortunately do majority of our experiences with other females, whether you're friends or not, like can be catty and there can be a lot of competition and back like, you know, talking and drama. And I think I was – 
pretty like soon from I had graduated from college pretty recently, I guess. Mm-hmm. And college for me was a lot of girl drama with sororities and just I felt like a lot of bonding with other females happened and this is awful, but I'm being honest by like bringing other people down or like talking shit almost. Mm. And that was just normal. And I remember feeling this like this low girl probably hates me because she's like, who is this person that's like trying to like <laughs> fill my spot almost? And I remember saying to Joe, I'm like, I, I I feel like she's really nice and cool, but like I haven't gotten to spend time with her at all. She's probably like, what the f- who the fuck is this girl? And in my head, I had almost created this like not competition, but feeling as if you probably hated me because that's honestly what most females I think would have experienced if it weren't you as that person. And then when we finally connected and like spent more time together, you were just the most welcoming, sweet, kind person. And I mean, you know, even when it came to like my wedding stuff, we sent out invitations before you and I were really friends. And so I didn't invite you. And then I remember calling you being like, hey, I know this is pretty last minute, but I feel like we're going to become closer and I really like you. Do you want to come to my wedding? And like even people, people could have started drama around that. And you were just so kind about everything and welcoming and like warm hearted. And from that, the beginning of our friendship, I can honestly say, and I say this to Joe all the time with that group of friends and specifically you, like I've never heard you say a bad word about anyone. And I, tr- I mean, other than like, you know, the Trumps of the world, but like <laughs> people that we actually know and like, especially females, I truly don't think I've ever heard you speak poorly about someone. And that is so admirable from my perspective. Wow. Well, thank you. Um, also, how have you never told me that whole thing about this like preconceived notion that you had about us being frenemies before we met. I had no idea. I know. I realized I'd never shared that with you. And I was thinking about (laughs) because honestly, when I, when I like got over it was when we became friends and I was like, what am I going to tell her that? Like, I thought she didn't like me. That's weird. (laughs) That is actually hilarious to me. But I mean, so first of all, I think that Oh, and apologies for that groan. That's that's my puppy coconut who um, I was explaining to Cami before we started recording. Her uh, her newest sort of quirk is every time she's trying to sleep and I move or disrupt her, she lets out a very loud groan. So she is currently groaning at me. She's like, sleepy woman, I'm sleeping. <laughs> anyway, I so again, so nice of you to say those things about me. It really does like warm my heart. But I also, I don't think that you're giving yourself enough credit. I just felt like when we met from the beginning, you were immediately so familiar for whatever reason. Like it was, we started talking and I was just like, oh yeah, can't like, we're going to be friends. I I know her. And I think it's because you're warm. I don't know. I just felt so comfortable around you. And I know your listeners probably suspect that about you from your podcast and Instagram, but just to confirm, that's 100% true in real life. And yeah, I mean, I just feel like, like you said, since then, I'm so appreciative of our friendship because it's just been such a support system and kind of love fest. Um, We're definitely each other's biggest advocates. And again, genuinely excited when one of us succeeds. And I know it sounds so cheesy, but I truly think like we all kind of feel like when one of us wins, we all win. And so, yeah, I just, I get so excited when, um, whenever I see you manifesting and then those things coming into fruition. It's, it's really one big love fest. And I mean, just to prove it, like when we were in Florida for a girl's trip at my parents' house, at one point we just sat around my parents' fire pit and told each other our favorite things about each other. And we were all hysterically crying. (laughs) I'm like, I don't think this is normal. I'm here for it. But I don't think that this is normal, especially the groups of friends I've been in in the past. Like this isn't always where conversation goes. Um, But I think, you know, we even talked about it in our group chat this morning or last night when I was complaining about DMs and just people being ultra comparative and sensitive and angry right now. 
Julia said it, like people have such a hard time finding joy in other people's joy. And I think 2020 especially made it difficult for people. I don't think that's right, but I do think that's true. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I appreciate so much in our group of friends because it's the – like it feels weird to brag to people inherently, but I know in that group chat specifically, I could say like anything that's happening in my life that's amazing and there's never one ounce of like, of course she's doing this or oh God, can't like, well, that was like, of course you're able to get that. It's so much like, I'm so proud of you. This is fucking amazing. Tell us more. Like it's a true hype up that yeah, group chat. Totally. It's like, tell us everything and what can we do to help further? Of course. Absolutely. And so I get a lot of questions about making friends as an adult um, from my community. And I feel like I never have that great of an answer or story to tell because for me, like most of my friends other than our group are from my hometown or from college. And I think that's something that's I'm fortunate because I grew up in New Jersey. I went to college in Pennsylvania and we all ended up in New York. And that's just like how that went. But I do feel like you're someone who easily creates friendships and then continues to foster them. Is that something that you kind of like agree with that statement in general? Yeah, totally. I mean, I do think it's probably a combination of that. And some of what you're describing, I definitely felt like when I graduated from college, everyone moved to New York and everyone was hanging out with our college friends, but then each person was bringing their friends from high school or life into the mix. And so it just grew our social circle really quickly in a kind of organic way. And so I Mm -hmm. I definitely feel like I was spoiled in that regard, getting kind of a community started in New York from the get-go. But beyond that, I mean, definitely later in life, especially as you get older, it becomes more difficult. I think part of it, it becomes just kind of hard to put yourself out there in that way. And then also just people's schedules. Everyone has a million things going on and it's kind of hard to make time for people. So I do think that definitely is true as you as you get older. Yeah, I mean, I guess if I think about making friendships and what's worked and and why and how, I think first of all, I just am genuinely interested in people no need to share this with my husband, but I probably went on thousands of dates um, before we started dating, not because I really wanted to date people, but because I loved getting to know people. And I would just find every person so fascinating, some obviously more than others. But uh, yeah, I think I I could have like a one to two hour conversation with almost anyone and be super excited to learn more about them and kind of pick them apart in a positive way, of course, mostly. Um, <laughs> and so I think like part of it actually is just a genuine curiosity. But obviously that only goes so far because I think, you know, you can have one or two dates or friend dates with people. And then if you don't have something in common or you're not willing to make an effort, things can fizzle out quite easily. But as far as kind of taking things a step further. I think because I'm so curious about people, I ask people a million questions about what they're interested in. And usually if you ask someone a million questions about what they're interested in, you're going to have some commonalities. And I love doing things. So when I hear that someone, I'm recently moved to San Francisco. So when I hear someone likes wine, I'm like, let's do this wine tasting. Or I don't know. It's just, it feels like the obvious next step. And yes. And you're also a planner. Yes. Such a planner. Very type A in that sense. I know you and I definitely share that. And then after that, it's totally the little things that make a difference. And it it's funny because I think, you know, you think about how can I be the best friend possible and you your default is to think about the grand gestures, but it's actually just the little 
day-to-day check-ins, remembering to ask about, you know, a big meeting that they had or presentation or lunch with their mom when their relationship strained or who knows, but just all of those little things that end up, I think, actually meaning something to people. And those are actually sometimes hard to remember. And I sometimes make notes in my phone to follow up with people like... (laughs) Don't forget to ask Emily about XYZ. And that. No, that does not surprise me because I'm always amazed. Like, how do you fucking remember all this? And that's kind of what I said in the beginning. Like, I do think you are just a very curious person. A hundred percent. I remember first meeting you. You're so engaged. You ask questions in the beginning of the conversation. And I think that's where we really differ because I, unfortunately, it's a toxic trait of mine, but I write people off early on because I'm like, no, we just don't vibe. Done here. And you don't. And you give people the benefit of the doubt and you ask the questions and you really try to get to know them and find the commonalities. And that's something I need to work on. But the next step, I think, is A, what you said, like you're an amazing planner. You get things on the calendar. You make it happen. But B, remembering the little things. Because for me, like I was talking about this with Joe. I'm not – gift giving is just not my thing. Mm -hmm. And my sister Maddie said that during COVID, gift giving has become her love language. Like she just – like it's her way that she feels she can connect with people. Yeah. Like they – a lot of her friends are having big life moments. Like she went freaking ham on my registry and I called her and I was like, are you good, bro? Like what just happened? <laughs> She's like, I just love giving people gifts now. I'm like, I'll take it, but what? So I'm just not that type of person that's going to be these grand gesture moments. But I think y- exactly what you said is true to me, someone like you who listens to the podcast and sends me texts about it or checks in, Cam, how was this? I saw your post about this. This is so amazing. How are you doing about XYZ? Those things mean so much more to me personally. And obviously each friend is different. And I think it is helpful to find out people's love languages of sorts, but way more impactful in my life than you sending... I don't know, flowers on a random day being like, I love you. Like that to me, I'm like, oh, these are nice, but right, it is the little things. And it does not surprise me in the slightest that you have some form of a note because I honestly say to Joe 24-7, like how the fuck does Lo remember this? Because it's something I'm not good at. And you know Amy, one of my best friends from home, she has like 10,000 friends and it's this ongoing joke that I can never remember her friends' names, but honestly, like she's just so many from different walks of life. And when it came to her bachelorette, I'm like, Lizzie and I are in the corner, like, who is that again? What's her name? Where is she from? And it's not good of me. Like, I feel really bad about it because if I were Amy, I'd be like, bitch, get with the picture. You've been in my life since sixth grade or fifth grade. Like these people you should know by now. Yes, but if you're not spending time with, I don't know. I mean, it's hard. I'm not good at remembering names, so I am giving you the benefit of the doubt on this one. Um, (laughs) But yeah, I mean, it probably over time, if she has shared a bunch of stories about one of these friends and you still can't remember their name, like then that becomes a problem. Um, Right. I just feel like it, it, it shows or it makes it seem like I'm not listening. Right. And I think that you do the opposite where when you say these things, I'm like, wow, Lo really listens. Well, thank you. I'm trying. <laughs> You're welcome. And we really dove into this. And as a listener of the show, I'm surprised you didn't call me out on this. But can you please tell me how you define success? Oh, when we were like 10 minutes into the conversation, I was like, are we just going to skip this? Okay. Well, I've obviously thought about this question a lot after listening to your podcast so many times. And my first thought has always been sort of inspired by the hiking, camping motto, leave no trace. I realize this Mm. sounds like leave the world as if you weren't there, but the spirit of it is really leave things better than when you came. And I actually really think I try to live my life striving for that, having positive impacts on both people and the planet. It's definitely one of the reasons I wanted to go into conservation or 
sustainability related work when I worked for the Nature Conservancy for so many years. And I also think it inspires me to be a better person in general. So sort of the more people I can positively impact and the greater impact I can have, the more successful I'll feel. And I, I want to take full credit for this revelation, but I actually think I owe it so much to my upbringing. I grew up in Seattle and the community I lived in and the high school I went to and the friends I had, they really, really valued giving back. And I think they kind of ingrained it in me. And now it's just part of who I am. Definitely drank the Kool-Aid. So yeah, I think that's how I would define success. I really love that. And I know I've heard leave no trace. Like, I mean, I'm not a big hiker, but like I know that that's something that's said, but I would have never applied it to this or remembered that term by any means. But I think your depiction of it is such an incredible way to live life and something that as someone close to you, I can say, I think you actively do. Because in reality, if we're not making a positive impact on people or trying our best to leave whatever we've touched better than it was beforehand. Like, what are we doing? Right. What's your purpose? Right. Okay. So I really love that. (laughs) Speaking of purpose and work, and you mentioned your time at the Nature Conservancy, which I remember meeting you being like, oh my God, Angie's granola. Like, (laughs) I need the full picture here. (laughs) Um, and how we love to hype each other up. I obviously want to take this time for you to also tell our community about your newest venture, The Good Glow, which I love, you know, Cindy loves, and is just so perfectly done. Like you're just so, this is another thing about you. Like you were like, guys, I'm going to start this thing. And I'm like, cool. Like, wow. All right. And like, I have, really given up on the perfectionist. I think this is where like you and Ashley align more, but not that you're a perfectionist, but like everything is just so perfectly detailed and done and like executed. And I remember when you sent it to us, the website, like the logo, I'm like, how the fuck does she do this? (laughs) Well, okay. First of all, I am a perfectionist in recovery. Um, a hundred percent trying to, uh, get past that. But some of the positive parts of being a perfectionist um, are definitely still lingering. And I mean, honestly, just the whole thing, I'm, but I'm, I'm working on it. <laughs> um, and as far as the design and whatnot, like we had such a great design team or designer. So again, like I'll, I'll take partial credit for it, but obviously any of these things like take a village. Right. But the execution of it all, I mean, you killed it. So I guess Thank first you. and foremost, Can you talk to our community and give like the elevator pitch on what the good glow is? Yes. And it's so interesting because I actually think we started conceptualizing the good glow around the same time that you were conceptualizing freckled foodie. And Mm -hmm. we've sort of like grown and evolved in a similar way as well. I just think there are a lot of similarities about like in our ethos. So at the good glow, we want to help reinvent wellness routines to make them more approachable, more convenient, and then more effective. I personally am admittedly a little bit of a health nut. I'm definitely willing to go the extra mile to improve my health on a daily basis, but I'm also very aware that it is a privilege to have the time and energy to spend so much time prioritizing my health. And I would love to just make it easier for everyone. We have all seen the health food bloggers with the perfectly organized refrigerators after spending hours meal prepping or the smoothies with 10,000 ingredients, 95 of percent of which people have never heard of. And I'm definitely not hating on that because I enjoy diving into the latest health food trends when I have the time. But I'm also realistic that most people don't have that kind of time. And Absolutely. Yeah. And seeing it feels really daunting for someone who's just trying to be healthier. So through the Good Glow, I want to help people who want to be healthier but just don't have the time for anything complicated. And we have launched our first product, which is a pre-bottled, pre-proportioned apple cider vinegar shot. It's 
super, super simple, pure ingredients. It's apple cider vinegar, water, because you do need to dilute it. I think something a lot of people don't know is that drinking apple cider vinegar straight can hurt your teeth, enamel, and stomach lining. Mm -hmm. Super powerful stuff. Definitely not something to mess around with if you don't know what you're doing. So we really want to take the guesswork out by properly diluting it so people can feel safe drinking it. And then we are flavoring our first shot with lemon and ginger. So one thing that's awesome about apple cider vinegar is that it has so many health benefits. And for that reason, it also has the potential to help a really wide variety of people with such a wide variety of issues or goals. I would say the key takeaways are that it boosts your energy, strengthens your immune system, and improves your digestion. I know many of your listeners are very woke to the importance of gut health and <laughs> apple cider vinegar essentially creates this amazing environment for good bacteria in your gut to grow and thrive. People have and also someone, <laughs> Yeah. I was going to say as someone who's been constipated for so long, I can tell you that apple cider vinegar like changed my digestive game. I'm not drinking it right now cuz that's one scent I just can't handle pregnant. Yeah. However, it was so helpful for me. Yeah. It really does just like help keep things regular in all senses beyond just that. Also, when you are having regular bowel movements, then the rest of your schedule can be regular. You can go to sleep at a regular time. So it, it does actually like help with your overall wellness routine. We also noticed brighter, clearer skin. So literally makes you glow from the inside out, hence the name, the good glow. So yeah, that's kind of the spiel. It's so easy for people to incorporate into their daily routines since our shots come in these pre-proportioned ready to drink bottles. And yeah, that's kind of it. And they're the cutest bottles that come in the most incredibly repurposed, like repurposeful package. I have like, actually, I have one with me. I use it for my podcast equipment. The Our little neoprene pouch. Yes. Um, and I also got to model for you guys, which was yes. so fun. <laughs> yes, I sh- I should have led with that. Cami was one of our all-star models. And so if you go to our website, which is thegoodglow.co, um, you'll see some cameo appearances from Cami as well as our Instagram, which is at goodglowco. And Cami definitely makes some some appearances there. Yeah, the freckles, the freckles really make an appearance. There's yep. some real close shots, and I'm like, "Well, that is definitely me." Yep, we shot it in summer, so I think they were yeah, really it was out. Um, they definitely were. I was sweating my ass off that day. I remember. Um, so everyone should definitely check that out. All that will be in the show notes. And I think you mentioned you guys set up a discount code, correct? Yes, we did. So 20% off all purchases for your listeners. The code is freckledfoodie20. Okay, perfect. That'll all be in the show notes. And I am just so proud of what you're doing. I mean, you know this. I think it's going to do incredibly well. And I think that you're really tackling this side of wellness in a way that I respect and appreciate because I think a lot of it can be very just like overwhelming and exclusive and daunting. And I think you are going in with the mission to just, excuse me, I had to burp, make it more approachable and attainable for people. So kudos to you. Thank you. Uh, and then to close, obviously, most important question, I've <laughs> talked about food whatsoever other than we both love ice cream. What would be the three ways to your heart through food? Okay. So this is another thing I've obviously thought a ton about from listening to your podcast so many times. And honestly, my mind goes in a million directions because I love food so much. But if I can just choose three, my number one is definitely a roasted sweet potato. I have this preparation down to a tea. It's a weird one. I roast it in chunks in avocado or coconut oil in my microwave oven on a really high heat so the pieces get super crispy. Um, but then I don't like them too hot. So after they finish, I cool them in my fridge for like 10 minutes. At this point, I don't think twice about it because it's just my routine. But I think if a stranger was watching me, they would be like, you are 
Wait, I'm so confused. (laughs) Why in a microwave? What do you mean microwave oven? It's like a microwave? No, no, no. Oh, sorry. Like a toaster oven. Okay. Because I was like, low, how are they getting no, crispy no, no, in a sorry, microwave? Sorry, not a microwave. Microwaves actually kind of freak me out. A toaster oven. I was <laughs> going to say that it's the most unlow thing I've ever heard, but that that toaster oven clarification makes it a lot more acceptable in my mind. Um, yes. And yeah, a toaster oven, I think, is a great roasting tool because it gets things like super, super hot quickly. Um, oh, I agree. Smaller and easier to heat. So like you can get those crispy sweet potatoes. Anyway, that's one thing. And then the second one, you know, is ice cream. And honestly, one of my one of the worst parts about my move to the West Coast is that our monthly ice cream club couldn't really come to fruition. I know. Although we should probably just do it virtually and just choose the same like down. flavor and just try it once a month. I'm I'm in for this. I'm in. Right now, have you seen the Jenny's one that released today for yeah. the new president? Like I forget what it's called. But in honor of the new presidency, they released a new flavor and it looks freaking amazing. It's like chocolate chunk with waffle cone pieces. I DM'd them already and I was like, hey, is this being sold in stores? It's not. It's only at the shops or online. And I looked. I think I can – I'm trying to figure out if I have time. Right now I'm in Florida. I forget when this episode's going to air. But I'm trying to figure out if I have time to order it now, if it will get shipped here before I leave. I don't want to like ship it here and only have one night with it. Right. So I might have to – but it looks amazing. I'll text it to you after this. Oh my God. Take my money, Jenny's. (laughs) I know. Yeah. As far as flavors go, I love a hazelnut gelato if I'm in like Italy or France. Okay, fancy. I love a banana whip from Bent Spoon with a scoop of peanut butter ice cream Uh on top. And for those who don't know, Bent Spoon is this incredible small batch ice cream spot in Princeton. Cammie's maybe talked about it before. Oh, I'm sorry. I've been calling you Cammie this whole time. I know you're Cameron, I don't care. Listeners, I know. I think I go back and forth on the podcast. Honestly, I think they're interchangeable, and I refer to myself. And you call me low, but professionally, I go by Lauren, so we're even. (laughs) Anyway, the ice cream spot in coconut cocoa. Yeah, (laughs) this ice cream spot in Princeton is actually unreal, and Cameron and I have bonded over it. And then I also love. Snap Mallow Pop from Ample Hills and basically anything from Van Leeuwen. So yeah, that's kind of my ice cream. I know it's that's that was like five answers in one. And then my third, it used to be avocado in like all forms, especially on an avocado toast with poached egg on top. Unfortunately, I learned that avocado absolutely wrecks my stomach. So I've had to dial it back quite a bit. It's like really tough loss. So I feel like I can't even say that it's my number three anymore. So I I think I'm going to say maybe like Thai or Vietnamese food that uses some of my favorite herbs like Thai basil, lemongrass, ginger. I did thesis research in Thailand my senior year of college and basically every meal was the best I've ever had. Just so, so, so good. I didn't know you did that. Yeah. Studying wow. the politics of biodiversity protection. You're so There's smart. a granola girl for you. <laughs> we were not doing the same thing senior years of college, that is for sure. <laughs> um, I love Thai food. and We actually had Thai last night and I got this like Penang curry, like a ground peanut red curry. It was oh, so freaking no. amazing. Yeah. Um, Okay. Well, thank you so much for being on here. I love you. You're the best as everyone now knows. so fun. And I just miss your face so much. I miss your face. I'm really hoping that we don't have to go much longer, especially by the time the baby comes. This better be behind us so that you can come visit. Agreed. And I mean, if there was ever a time for you to move away from me, it was probably this year because it's not like I haven't seen you because you live in San Francisco. I just haven't seen you because of COVID. So we can blame something else. I know. It's true. As soon as I got this vaccine, Coconut and I are hopping on that plane to see you. 
Hell yes. I'll be I'll be waiting in line with you for that vaccine as soon as I can get it. Yeah. Um, I love you. Thank you so much for coming on. You're the best. Love you too, Cam. Talk soon. Hi, guys. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Lauren. I feel like I don't know. I'm just like continuously amazed by what an incredible friend she is. So hopefully she inspired some of you all to be better friends as well because she inspires me every day to show up in a more meaningful and just like accepting but also supportive way of the people in my life and really just show the people I love that I care, if that makes sense. I don't know if I'm going to make sense in any of this. I am so tired while I'm recording this. Um, I just have not been able to sleep. Like pregnancy insomnia is so motherfucking real. Why did no one tell me about this? Um, I basically am able to fall asleep and then I wake up pretty much from like 2.30 to 3.30 every night and then maybe again later on and I'm wide-eyed. Like I could get up and get my day going. And honestly, sometimes I consider it. But I'm trying to figure out some recommendations for my people. So I will keep you posted because according to my DMs, a lot of people struggle with this. And it's so frustrating. And if one more person tells me, oh, it's just your body preparing you for a newborn, like, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't, I just want to sleep. I don't want to be prepared. I just I want sleep now rather than preparation. Um But anyway, I did have something I wanted to talk about today, and I've been talking about a lot of across my platforms. I made a ticky-tacky about it because I just don't know what to do on TikTok anymore, but that's besides the point. Um, This has been so eye-opening to me in – I think this is very interesting for pregnant women and non-pregnant people to consume because for me, pregnancy has opened my eyes to so many things when it comes to my body and my relationship with my body and the deep, deep rooted thoughts I have from diet culture and fat phobia that have been ingrained in my mind since a young age from, you know, the people I've been surrounded by to media to everything. And I think so many of us have thoughts that are so deeply rooted in these topics that we don't even notice. And I think for me, Pregnancy has really brought that to light in a sense of how I'm treating my body, but also how I'm thinking about my body, how I'm acting, what has changed, why has it changed, and then also just observing people's comments. So I want to start by saying, first of all, I get so out of breath when I talk. So if you're like, why is this bitch panting? I'm not doing anything. I'm quite literally sitting on my couch speaking to you, but I just get out of breath now. So deal with it. Um, But I think for it's almost like when you get engaged and everyone's like, what are you doing for your wedding diet? And I'm like, well, okay, first of all, fuck you. Like, why am I not going on a diet? Second of all, you're implying I need to go on a diet. Like, since when do you have the authority to say that? I almost feel like when you get pregnant, people all of a sudden feel like they have the ability and should be able to comment on your body, which is not correct. But people will make comments either – like you've gained, you know, people will be like, oh, are there twins in there? Or you look like you're ready to pop. And then on the flip side, some people are like, oh my God, have you eaten enough? Like, is your baby so small? Like, it's just, it blows my mind. And it goes also in line with like random people touching your belly. I am so glad I'm pregnant during a pandemic so that people can't do that to me. If someone stranger came up to me and put their hand on my belly, and not even like a stranger, someone I kind of know, I would put my hand right back on their belly and be like, oh, I thought we were doing this. Is this not what we're doing here? Because like, why do you suddenly feel like you can put your hand on my body and my belly? But anyway, I think what's been interesting for me to observe are the comments that are not mean-spirited whatsoever. I'm not negatively impacted by them. I'm more just interested in the root of the thought process. And it's a very common trend I'm noticing across females, whether it's comments on my social media, Instagram DMs, or comments like people in my life, like my friends are saying. It's so interesting that we all feel this like sudden, I don't know if it's exception or like what it is, but suddenly pregnancy allows you to feel comfortable and confident with gaining weight. 
and in all other aspects of life, you're not allowed to. And I think that's what's so deeply rooted in diet culture and fat phobia. So comments like, oh my gosh, I can't wait till I get pregnant so I can eat whatever I want. Or I will never wear a low-rise bikini until I'm pregnant. Or is it so nice to not have to worry about your belly anymore? All of these things, I'm not saying that they're mean or they are mean-spirited or that I haven't said them myself because I know I've said all three of those things and more. However, I want us to realize the root of those thoughts. And that's what the exercise I'm trying to encourage. I don't have the answers, but I think that a lot of people listening to this have probably said those exact things or thought them. And I do want us to unpack a bit of like, why do we suddenly feel like that's the only time that's allowed? Like you should always be able to eat what you want to eat. Um, we shouldn't be worried about our bellies all the time. This isn't something that we should be like concerned over. Also, like you wear a fucking low rise bikini. Do you need me, Joe? I'm recording. I'm recording something. Do you want to say hi? Oh, oh, you want to rub the fact that you have a margarita in my face? You want me to? T- oh, they made spicy frozen margaritas, and he just came in for me to taste it, as if this isn't torture. Hold, please. That's really fucking good, and I hate you. Um, that's honestly been the hardest thing is him being like, oh, do you want a sip? I'm like, yeah, I do want a sip. But then when I have a sip, I want a gallon. You know, I don't just want a sip. I want a gallon of spicy margaritas. Fuck, that was good. Okay, anyway, I just feel like, I don't know. I, I'm still unpacking it, obviously, because I don't have the complete thought process. But I really want to encourage us all to dig a little deeper of why we think these things. And in my opinion, it's so deeply rooted in specifically fat phobia because you were so afraid of gaining weight or getting fat, but then during pregnancy, you're suddenly allowing yourself to do that. But then also on the flip side, the second you have the baby, it's like, well, you better fucking quote unquote bounce back. That is such toxic, toxic behavior, thoughts, and not reality And I unfortunately think that media, like, you know, it's always about like the post-baby body, fuck all of that. Like, I hate that magazines even use those terms, but they very much do. And I hate that social media platforms promote this kind of shit, but they very much do. So I just want everyone to kind of notice as you're consuming content of someone who's pregnant, whether it's me or someone else, and you start to have these thoughts about yourself in the future, or you say these things to your friends who are pregnant, Just take a second to ask yourself, like, why do I think that? Because I think it's just become so common for us to say, and I don't think we fully acknowledged the root of it and the issue with the back work of that thought. And I've said this before, but like, I'm really trying to day by day carve out the deep ingrained thoughts I have that are led in diet culture and fat phobia from how I was raised. And for me, pregnancy has been a huge, huge part of that journey. And I had a thought process before this and I just fucking lost that thought I was ta- as I was talking. What in the hell was I going to say? I don't know, guys. I told you I've, I've officially lost it. But I really just think like doing the work of why are you thinking these things and taking a step back. And just being, oh, I remember the thought. Sorry. Okay. I'm really all over the place. I apologize. But I remember in the beginning when I was so sick and all I could eat was beige food, like the most important thing for me is to get a piece of food into my system and digested for the child. And obviously I want like the nutrients and vitamins and vegetables and whatever. But like if that's not a reality, the number one importance is just getting food in my system. But still the diet culture thoughts came up being like, well, I've had a bagel for breakfast. I've had like toast for lunch. Should I really be having pasta for dinner? Like that is so fucking toxic. The only thing that's important in that moment is making sure that I am able to eat and digest food for my child. So it's been an interesting journey. And I've had a lot of women reach out over DM being like, thank you for talking about this because I hate myself for years ago when I was pregnant, like my older demographic. Um, 
dieting through it, which is so sad that like is even a thing. But so many women are like, you know, oh, you only want to gain weight in your belly. And like even comments like, oh my God, you don't even look pregnant from behind. It's like, okay, but what if I did look pregnant from behind? What does it fucking matter? Like, what does it matter? And I know that a lot of these compliments are supposed to be positive and like people are saying them with good in- good intentions, but I think the thought process behind it is a little toxic. So I know this was really just, I mean, it really was an extension of my therapy. It's Wednesday. So I actually just had therapy today and this is what we talked about and I don't have the answers. It's something I'm going to be continuously working through, but I do think it's an interesting activity for everyone else to kind of digest and think about. And maybe we'll come back to it as a community and continue to discuss it. All that being said, I fucking love you all. I hope you have a wonderful Friday and an amazing weekend. While you're listening to this, tomorrow I will be driving 16 hours back to Jersey. And I am so scared, but I think I'm going to be able to successfully be okay. It's the four of us driving back. Oh my God, I'm sorry. I had to burp. I'll give a full recap next week, but we've been in Florida for two and a half weeks at my parents' house. I actually have only left their community on foot. I say on foot because we did actually go on a boat, the six of us, but I have not le- I've only left once on foot to go to Christopher's Kitchen to pick up my cinnamon buns. Other than that, I have not left this place and I'm so happy I came, but I'm so dreading this drive home. And I'm so scared of how many times I'm going to have to pee. I am terrified by that. But I got one of those like girl on the go pee cups or whatever, like, you know, kind of turns your situation into like a stream as if a penis would have. I don't know why I decided I had to say that, but I got one of those and I will have an empty gallon water jug that I will be aiming into because I can't make everyone stop every time I have to pee because I literally pee every hour. So I'll keep you all posted. I'm sure that was a really good visual for you all. Have a great Friday. Have a great weekend. And of course, let me know what you thought of the episode. You guys, thank you so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. It really means the world to me. It means more to me than you could ever know. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please head over to wherever you consume your podcast and rate and or review the show. It not only helps the show's growth, but it really makes my day when I go through and read all of the reviews. If you aren't already, please follow along over on Instagram at Freckled Foodie for my Way Too Active channel and at FF and Friends Pod for more information on the podcast. I hope you have a wonderful day and I can't wait to give you the next episode.